0: Good morning. Welcome to our service today. Would you pray with me? So, gracious Father, as we read your scriptures and uh, unpack something of your word, we pray that you would speak to us in a mighty and a wonderful way. In the precious name of Jesus Christ, amen. Today we continue our sermon series about David, and we're looking at the idea that David is a man after God's own heart, And so I'd like to read two passages in Scripture where it speaks about David being a man after God's own heart. The first one comes from 1 Samuel chapter 13, from verse 1 through to verse 15. This is about Saul, who was the king before David. I'm sure you remember the story. So Saul is the king before David. We've spoken about him a few weeks ago, and this is what happens towards the end of his ministry. I'd like to read from 1 Samuel chapter 13 from verse 1 through to verse 15. Saul was 30 years old when he became king and he reigned over Israel 42 years. Saul chose 3,000 men from Israel, 2,000 were with him at Michmash in the hill country of Bethel, and 1,000 were with Jonathan at Gibeah in Benjamin. The rest of the men he sent back to their homes. Jonathan attacked the Philistine outpost at Geba, and the Philistines heard about it. Then Saul had the trumpet blown throughout the land and said, let the Hebrews hear. So all Israel heard the news, Saul has attacked the Philistine outpost, and now Israel has become a stench to the Philistines. And the people were summoned to join Saul at Gilgal. The Philistines assembled to fight Israel with 3,000 chariots, 6,000 charioteers, and soldiers as numerous as the sand on the seashore. They went up and camped at Michmash, east of Beth-Avon. When the men of Israel saw that their situation was critical and that their army was hard-pressed, they hid in caves and thickets among the rocks and in pits and cisterns. Some Hebrews even crossed the Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. Saul remained at Gilgal, and all the troops were with him were creaking with fear. He waited seven days, the time set by Samuel. But Samuel did not come to Gilgal, and Saul's men began to scatter. So he said, Bring me the burnt offering and the fellowship offerings. And Saul offered up the burnt offering. Just as he had finished making the offering, Samuel arrived, and Saul went out to greet him. What have you done? asked Samuel. Saul replied, When I saw that the men were scattering and that you did not come at the set time and that the Philistines were assembling at Michmash, I thought, now the Philistines will come down against me at Gilgal, and I have not sought the Lord's favor, so I felt compelled to offer the burnt offering. You acted foolishly, Samuel said. You have not kept the command the Lord your God gave. If you had, you would have established your kingdom over Israel for all time. But now your kingdom will not endure. The Lord has sought out a man after his own heart and appointed him a leader of his people, because you have not kept the Lord's command." Then Samuel left Gilgal and went up to Gebeah in Benjamin, and Saul counted the men who were with him, and they numbered about 600. Thanks be to God for his word. Our second reading comes from the book of Acts. uh, Acts chapter 13, from verse 16 through to verse 22. Paul is preaching. This is considered one of his first sermons, and this is what he says. So standing up, Paul motioned with his hand and said, Men of Israel and you Gentiles who worship God, listen to me. The God of the people of Israel chose our fathers. He made the people prosper during their stay in Egypt. With mighty power, he led them out of the country. He endured their conduct for about 40 years in the desert. He overthrew seven nations in Canaan and gave their land to his people as their inheritance. All this took about 450 years. After this, God gave them judges until the time of Samuel the prophet. Then the people asked for a king and he gave them Saul, son of Kish, of the tribe of Benjamin, who ruled 40 years. After removing Saul, he made David the king. He testified concerning him, I have found David, son of Jesse, a man after my own heart. He will do everything I want him to do. From this man's descendants, God has brought to Israel the Savior, Jesus, as he promised. Before the coming of Jesus, John preached repentance and baptism to all the people of Israel. As John was completing this work, he said, Who do you think I am? I am not the one. No, but he is coming after me, whose sandals I am not worthy to untie. Thanks be to God for his word. So over the last couple of weeks, we have been discussing the life of David. I'm sure you've heard the stories of David and Saul. You've heard the story of David and Goliath, of David and Bathsheba. And there's one thing that we realize about the life of David, and that is this. David was not perfect. David was definitely, definitely not perfect he made mistakes. He sinned. He fell short of the glory of God. I wonder how many of you and I, how many of us today would be able to stand up and say that we have never fallen short of the glory of God? How many of us could actually honestly say we've never sinned? I'll tell you the answer, probably none of us. Every one of us have sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And David Was no different. But then, how come David is considered a man after God's own heart? You know, what sets him apart? I look at the life of Saul and the King Saul, and I kind of feel a little bit sorry for him. You know, Saul. He, he started out amazing. He was also chosen by Samuel. He was chosen by God to be the king. Uh, it said that he was very handsome, said that he stood like a head taller than everyone else. Uh, he was definitely the crowd's favorite. He was God's favorite at that moment. He was Samuel's favorite. Saul was chosen, but towards the end, he was known as having failed, Whereas David, despite all his mistakes, is still in the New Testament known as the man after God's own heart. So, what's the difference between the two? And the reason we ask this is so that we can learn for ourselves uh, how do we become people after God's own heart? So, let's firstly look at their mistakes. Uh, Let's look at what they did wrong. Um, David's sin is very obvious. He saw Bathsheba. We know the story. He saw Bathsheba. He uh, took Bathsheba as uh, his woman. Uh, Then he goes and he kills Bathsheba's husband to cover it up. We know the story. Uh, That is not one small sin. It's not a small mistake. It is a heck (laughs) of a problem. Samuel uh, also sins. Not Samuel Saul, sorry. Saul also sins. Saul uh, is told by Samuel uh, and in other words by God that he must go and he must wait for Samuel so that he can then offer the sacrifice. And what does Saul do? Is Saul is impatient and so he he deliberately goes against it and he offers the sacrifice first. It wasn't his place to offer the sacrifice. Later on, what happens with Saul is that he is told by God to, when he goes and destroys a country, he's told to take everything and destroy it. But what Saul does is he keeps the prize cattle and the prize herds for himself and his men instead of destroying them. And he takes the king as a captive because it was like a massive war trophy. So it would have made him look like a really great king by having another king as a trophy even though he was told to destroy it all. Later on, Saul then starts really losing the plot and he becomes paranoid. And it's said that he, God's spirit leaves him and an evil spirit torments him and David is the one who's able to calm him. But then he sees that David is getting all the favor and he starts becoming paranoid about David and trying to do everything in his power to kill David and wipe him out. You see, both men have sinned, both have fallen short, both have have in some way or another gone against God's desire for their life. But at the end of their lives, one of them is still known as a man after God's own heart, and the other is not. So what sets them apart? It surely cannot be the degree of their sin, because the sin of David is not... Small, it's not uh, minute, it's not a minor lapse in judgment, it was a deliberate breaking of the law. So, what sets them apart? And the reason I ask this question is because it helps us, because every one of us has sinned and fallen short of the glory of God. And if there's hope for David to still be known as a man after God's own heart, then there's hope for us, there's hope for me, there's hope for you, to still be people after God's own heart. And I believe this is what sets them apart, is the response to their sin. the response to their sin. You see, Saul is caught out. (laughs) He has fallen short. Samuel rebukes him. Samuel tells him what's going to happen. Samuel tries to uh, show him the error of his ways. And how does Saul respond? Uh, Saul responds by doing everything in his power to keep his kingdom going. He does everything in his power to make sure that he can stay king. Do you see that? He does everything in his power. He goes and he tries to rally the men. Uh, He he tries to negotiate with the men and, and let them find favor with him by giving them the spoils of war. He then tries to eliminate the enemy, which is David. He does everything in his power to make sure that he stays king. You see, for Saul, what we see is the most important part of his life was his kingdom. And when it started slipping from him, he lost his mind and his soul and eventually even his kingdom and finally his life. David is slightly different. You see, when David is caught out, when the prophet Nathan goes to David and says, this is what you've done, David doesn't do everything in his power at this point. He doesn't do everything in his power to keep his kingdom. At this point, he doesn't do everything in his power to keep favor with people. David realizes at this moment that his sin against God threatens his relationship with God. And that's what worries him. What worries David is not the idea that he might lose his kingdom. It's not that he might lose favor with the people. What worries David is that he might lose God's spirit. So listen to how he responds to being caught out. And so I'd like to read from the book of Psalms, verse 51. This is a psalm of David when the prophet Nathan came to him after David had committed adultery with Bathsheba. And this is what it says. So listen to the heart of David. Have mercy on me, O God, according to your unfailing love. According to your great compassion, blot out my transgression. Wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before me. Against you, you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So that you are proved right when you speak and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Surely you desire truth in the inner parts. You teach me wisdom in the inmost place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out all my iniquity. Creating me a pure heart, O God, and renew a steadfast spirit within me. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. I'm going to read that verse again. Do not cast me from your presence or take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. Then I will teach transgressors your ways and sinners will turn back to you. Save me from blood guilt, O God, the God who saves me, and my tongue will sing of your righteousness. O Lord, open my lips and my mouth will declare your praise. You do not delight in sacrifice, or I would bring it. You do not take pleasure in burnt offerings. The sacrifices of God are a broken spirit, a broken and contrite heart. O God, you will not despise. In your good pleasure, make Zion prosper. Build up the walls of Jerusalem. There there will be righteous sacrifices, whole burnt offerings to delight you. Then bulls will be offered on your altar. Thanks be to God for his word. Do you see the difference in the two responses? Is both are caught out as disobeying God's law. Both are caught out as sinning and doing something wrong. The difference is that when Saul is caught out, he does everything in his power to keep his power. When David is caught out, he realizes that the biggest thing he stands to lose is being in the presence of God. For Saul, the most important part of his life was his kingdom. For David, the most important part of his life was his king, who is God. <laughs> And so when David realizes that he sins and he falls short of God's glory, when David realizes that he is at risk of falling short, when he realizes that he has sinned, and it's pointed out to him, his response is to say, Lord, whatever happens, whatever happens, please do not take your spirit from me. That's the difference. Is the response to their brokenness is what sets them apart. Saul's response was to try and keep his power. David's response was, was to try and keep God's spirit and set things right with God. Saul was desperate to set things right with people. David was desperate to set things right with God. See, to be a person after God's own heart, is to be someone who desires nothing more than to be in the heart of God. David's greatest desire was to be in the heart of God. So he repented and he confessed and he he pleaded with God and God kept him at his heart and in his heart. But Saul was so determined to keep his power that he missed out on the privilege and the pleasure of being in the heart of God. And it doesn't mean that God didn't love Saul. God loves all people. God loves everyone. But Saul's choice was for his kingdom and his power. David's choice was for God's spirit and God's love. Now, you and I, we don't have the same problem as Saul and David because none of us are kings. Well, I certainly am not. Uh, But but each one of us have our own little kingdoms. Uh, Our kingdoms might be our places of work. Our kingdoms might be our places where we're involved. Our kingdoms might be our families. Our kingdoms might be our social lives or our reputations. Every one of us has a little bit of a kingdom that over the years we've been building and and serving and we are there. And I just wonder, wonder what's more important to us is it our kingdoms or our soul you see many of us will do everything in our power to keep our power and sometimes even at the expense of our soul And irony, the irony is that when we desire to do God's will, our desire will always be met. When we desire to keep our power, I believe, will be brought low. I love how Saul uh, talks about David when he's speaking in his first sermon. And you see, what Saul is showing us is that there's always another way Uh, the story of David being a man after God's own heart shows us that there is hope. And Saul points out that that hope lies in Jesus Christ, who's actually the descendants of David. And so he shows the Israelites and the Gentiles, he says to them, if you choose the way of God, uh, then you too can be in the heart of God. Uh, So that is our hope, is that every one of us will face those moments where like David, we fall short. But every one of us have the opportunity, by the grace of God, to still remain in the heart of God. The choice is yours, and the choice is mine. Which one will we choose? Amen.